you know, one of the really cool things about getting to do this podcast is getting to be partners with Nationwide. Uh, these guys have over 5,500 members, Kinsley, as you well know. And the cool thing is we're just coming out of prime time. And I saw Rob Stott's uh, email claiming victory, and they did because they had a ton of people attend the virtual primetime event. So I was reaching out to and I'm like, hey, you know, we gave the keynote to that. So I was trying to get some feedback. But anyway, um, the whole wrap up was very, very positive, And I think they absolutely crushed it. Is that kind of what you're hearing? That's what I'm hearing as well. And look, I can't tell you how many people I talk to on the retail side of things who, who say, should I really check out Nationwide? And I'm like, get with one of your local reps, go to nationwidegroup.org, you can get in touch and just have them walk you through the benefits, just the benefits alone. Like not the community, not the opportunity to give to No Child Hungry, not the sense of purpose that Nationwide surrounds their membership with. Just look at it from your own perspective. How much money is this gonna make me and save me based on what Nationwide offers? Walk through it and do the math. I think that's a great starting point. And another great starting point for retailers everywhere is getting a $400 gift card just for signing up for Podium. And they actually, Shannon and Kenyon, they're like, hey, you got to keep pumping this $400 gift card for people to sign up at podium.com forward slash dose because it's been so popular and so many people have signed up that they continued the promotion. So if you're adding a new location and you're an existing Podium member, $400 Visa gift card. If you're signing up for Podium for the first time, $400 Visa gift card. So make sure and do it. I don't know when this is going to expire now, so we may want to get new dates on it, but you can go to podium.com forward slash dose. And when you go to that URL, you also get 10% off. How about that? No, I think it's huge. And you know, a lot of times Kinsley change is difficult. And so these guys are taking away all the barriers of change and posting up all the really good reasons to change, which is money in your pocket. Check them out. Dos Marcos Podcast. It's the greatest mattress industry podcast on the planet. Wait, isn't this the only mattress industry podcast? He's Mark Kensley. I truly felt bad for you at the time. He's Mark Quinn. I think Bigfoot was actually very pleasant. Together, they are Dos Marcos. So Quinn, do you have two bins at your house? You have the light blue bin and then the dark blue bin, and then you put different things in different bins. Oh, of course. Absolutely. And uh, that just didn't, uh, that started not long ago with us. So yes, I've got recycling bins and I'm happy to do it. How about you? Same thing. Yeah, but I, there's, there's another bin that I have access to and it's only accessible during times of construction around my house. And it's the giant dumpster outside the houses that are being built. There's one in my neighborhood that says no dumping, but the other one has been the recipient of all the ferns and all the plants, like the tomato plants that you can't really fit in the trash can. So there, it's a window of time that you have to utilize those local amenities. Uh, but I've taken full advantage under the cover of darkness. You know, I think that everyone here in this country, the whole idea of recycling is just becoming so much more common and popular and 
Uh, so I think people are participating in a higher rate. But there's one person, Kinsley, that's going to know a hell of a lot more about that than either one of us. And she's here. Justine Fallon, welcome to the show. You're the Director of Operations for the Mattress Recycling Council. We'll refer to it as the MRC. Uh, welcome to the show. How's your day going? Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on. Um, things are doing really well in our mattress recycling world. Um, I have blue bins. I've had them for a long time. Um, I've been involved in recycling for about 20 years professionally, and um, I started out working in um, um, materials recycling facilities where your residential recyclables go. And in 2013, um, I live in Connecticut, um, the, the state passed the first mattress recycling law. Um, and I was super interested in what, how is this going to work? You know, um, having worked around, you know, small residential recyclers and recyclables, I knew this was a big material. It was going to be challenging to do it at scale. Um, so when they posted the position, I was the very first employee at the Mattress Recycling Council. And um, we've been trying to scale it up ever since. That is incredible. A lot of times the blue, like the blue bins and the giant bins in neighborhoods, they end up having mattresses dumped inside of them. And right. the, mission, the mission of the Mattress Recycling Council is to make sure that those get broken down and reused. Give us the lay of the land with like with mattress recycling, because this is a relatively recent development in the recycling world. You all been around, what, five years? Yes. So we just celebrated our five year anniversary. Our first program launched in 2015. So basically we're a nonprofit. Um, we were created by the um, International Sleep Products Association. And really we were created uh, solely to administer mattress recycling programs in states that have supporting legislation. So in 2013, three states passed uh, mattress recycling laws. Those were Connecticut was the first, California, and then Rhode Island. Um, so we came in and we, are, we have developed um, the infrastructure uh, to, um, to recycle mattresses in those states. And since we started five years ago, we've recycled six million mattresses. And from those mattresses, uh, over 210 million pounds of mattress materials have um, gone to end markets to be made into new products. So we've been able to... Just, yeah, no, go ahead. I was, I was just going to ask you the next question, which I... How, how many get recycled a year? So we do about 1.5 million across our three states. Uh, California is obviously the largest uh, state, so they're doing at least a million a year. And then Connecticut and Rhode Island uh, rounded out at about half a million. And if you're looking at the screen, if you're watching, you can obviously see this graphic that we pulled up. Uh, right. But for those listening on the podcast, I'll describe it. By recycling 6 million mattresses, the MRC has diverted 210 million pounds from landfills. That's the equivalent of the weight of this aircraft carrier called the USS Abraham Lincoln. That is a mountain of material that would have been just sitting in landfills rotting. Take, when it rots and whenever it decompresses and decomposes and all that has to happen in those landfills, uh, I saw one of your videos and these, these guys and gals are working at the landfills were saying, look, this is really bad because it takes a lot of time. Describe that for us. So really what, uh, you know, mattress disposal is really expensive. 
because in um, when you try to bury the the mattress or box spring in a landfill, they're they're very resilient. I mean, those springs are you know pretty strong, and so they're very difficult to compact in a landfill. They take up a lot of space, a space that could be used for you know other you know everyday trash. Um, so it's expensive. So because it's expensive at the um, at the landfill, it um, you know then consumers and residents you know pay that cost by an extra surcharge on on uh, mattress disposal. So once you've created this economic barrier. Um, to mattress recycling, then you start to get illegal dumping. So there was all of these things happening around mattresses where they were difficult to manage, they're expensive, it's causing illegal dumping. So a lot of, um, a lot of uh, state legislators thought, you know, we should really be adopting one of these EPR programs, Extended Producer Responsibility. We've had it for electronics and paint um, and tires and, you know, mercury and things like that. So, um, so Connecticut, like I said, was the first state to do that. And we've been able to take all of that material out of landfills. We've been able to reduce illegal dumping because we've, we've created collection points in all of our states where residents have no cost access to mattress recycling. So we've, we've eliminated that economic barrier. So they're less likely to dump it in the woods because they have a place to go and drop it off for free. Talk about this in terms of California. I want to zoom in on California for a moment because California is the seventh largest economy in the world. And so you got a little right. bitty Connecticut, a little bitty Rhode Island, mm -hmm. and then you have California. So I can imagine the conditions there and the logistics and how retailers are responding to the laws that were put in place could be very clear signals for the rest of the industry. And this, and this is what I want to contextualize this in. I want to ground us in this idea that mattress recycling is going to impact every retailer, every manufacturer, every component supplier, and every citizen in some way as we move forward. It already is impacting all of us because junk is getting you know, taken to the landfill and it's not decomposing or dumped beside the road. When, whenever we could take these mattresses and turn them into usable material, but describe California for us. And I know recently the news came out that retailers are going to be required to offer takeaway services for old mattresses. What does that mean for the, for the average retailer in, in California? Sure. So, um, uh, California amended the mattress recycling law earlier this year. And we expanded to um, accept futons and also to level the playing field for all retailers. We have always had a retailer take back requirement, meaning that when you, when a retailer sells a mattress to a consumer, um, they have to take back their old unit um, if they want just, you know, to take it back. Um, so what this does, this new law, there was an exemption for um, retailers that were delivering by common carry. And by common carrier, I mean FedEx, UPS, um, DHL, any of those, you know, common carriers where they're not going to be able to take that mattress out of your home and put it in their delivery van. So now this new um, AB 187, uh, the new law requires that um, all retailers take back, including those ones delivering by common carrier. Those ones delivering by common carrier have 30 days to go back to the consumer's house and, and pick up that mattress. Um, since the common carrier still won't take it back. So, so we've, you know, we've leveled the playing field for all the retailers because there was just a, a fraction of them doing it in the beginning. So, um, so that what means we've if done- you're selling e-commerce, like if you're a direct-to-consumer brand 
and let's say that your headquarters or your distribution facility is in Dallas and your headquarters is in New York, if you sell a mattress through e-commerce, through website, and a common carrier delivers it to California, you still are required to figure out and offer takeaway of an old mattress in California. That's correct. And, um, you know, we're doing a lot to try to support retailers on, you know, how to do this. So we've, um, we just, we just um, put out a webinar to explain the law and the requirement. Uh, we've been working on coming up with information on small, um, co small commercial haulers around the state um, that may be able to perform that service for them, um, like a 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Uh, so um, we've, we've, we've talked with some of them um, and gathered that information for retailers to use. We, um, you know, we've done an awareness campaign. We've really been trying to work with, with uh, retailers on, on understanding what that requirement is. We also have a program for retailers, a commercial volume program, where we will, we will provide no cost transportation as well as no cost recycling of mattresses that they take back from consumers. So we can put um, trailers in their, in, you know, at their facilities, in their distribution centers, at their stores, and um, collect those units that they consolidate from the take back and recycle them at no cost. So we do have that support um, for mattress retailers to try to make it easier and more cost effective to recycle. So that, that's the MRC behind the scenes. Uh, there's the awareness piece of it. And what we're doing today, which is talking about an issue that's going to impact the entire industry already does impact the entire industry. But behind the scenes, you and your team are in the logistics business, you're figuring out how to get these old mattresses from a consumer's home, work with the retailer, get it to uh, a facility where you can begin to break it down get it to the recycling. And then from the recycler, like from the recycler, the, the folks that deconstruct the mattress you're then working with them to find markets to take the foam so you can turn it into carpet pad or take the springs or take the wood and turn it into mulch your your team is working on all that right it's um and and in california that's it's very challenging as you said it's a really big state um, there's a lot of miles to cover um, these are big, bulky, you know, materials and, um, you know, to get them stacked into a trailer and moving around the state um, is definitely challenging. We've just recently worked with, we did a transportation study to try to work at being more cost effective and efficient in, in doing that, working with our collection sites to make sure that they're maximizing the space that they're using in the containers. Um, and working with our recyclers to make sure they're receiving that material quickly so that our transporters can get back out on the road. But you're right, we, we collect, um, we do 14,000 loads per year in California of mattresses um, that move from over 200 collection sites to our uh, 10 recycling facilities, um, you know, uh, throughout the state. So that's a lot of material moving around. Um, and then our recyclers, after they deconstruct them, like you said, they work with their end markets to, um, to um, deliver the foam, the quilt top, uh, the, the metal, the wood, and um, some of the other fibers. Gwen, we can't hear you, but you look good. <laughs> your mouth moving your mouth moving looks awesome 
We lost you. But here, I'll, I'll, here's what I'll ask. Cause I think I'm going to ask what he was going to ask. I'm hundred percent sure now. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about, talk about the impact of COVID. So has that changed the mattress recycling game, the takeaway, the interaction with the, the consumer who's getting rid of that old mattress? What does that look like? That's got to add a whole new layer to, of complication. Yeah. I mean, like everybody else, we, we, we didn't know what was going to happen. You know, we didn't, our, our collection site's going to be able to stay open. Our transporter's going to be working. So it was really just like everybody else in the world. It was just a lot of trying to figure it out in the beginning. What ended up happening was our recyclers are considered essential business, you know, because it is solid waste and recycling in all of our states. So they remained open. Um, we're very lucky. None of them had any COVID outbreaks. So they were able to, um, to, you know, maintain their business and continue to recycle. Our transporters were also considered um, essential workers. So the material was able to move around um, fairly easily. The, the only thing that happened is in our states, about 20% of our sites, they temporarily suspended operations um, because either they, they weren't sure how to receive bulky materials from residents um, or they, you know, they were concerned about their staff and they wanted to just keep their operations very lean. Um, so probably for about two months, we saw that, you know, it was kind of the height of who um, those sites that were suspended where residents couldn't drop off mattresses. Um, but, you know, by June and July, everybody was, you know, back on board accepting material. Um, and we just have a couple of stragglers now that, um, that still aren't. Now, what we also weren't expecting was the sales of mattresses. <laughs> so um, when we get, a, we get discarded units for two reasons, either, you know, a big sale like on, you know, President's Day or or Labor Day sales, you know, when somebody buys a new mattress and they get rid of their old mattress. So that's where we see a lot of material coming in. But we also get, a, we see a lot of material when people are moving. Um, and like, like the state of Connecticut, they, um, I just recently um, saw something where they were the, the third highest state for people moving into the state. So we saw a lot of transactions happening where people were buying mattresses, people were moving, they're getting rid of mattresses. So that just um, it created a huge increase in our volume. Um, and the sales of mattresses also you know, affects our res revenue because every time in, in all of our states, um, there's a recycling fee that's placed on the mattress. So the retailer would um, collect that fee and then remit it to the Mattress Recycling Council. And that's what we really use to fund the infrastructure for our program. So, you know, we were concerned as, you know, stores were closing, but I think as you saw, um, a lot of people were buying, um, buying things online. A lot of people were doing, um, cleaning out their basements and doing their pandemic projects and, you know, fixing up that guest room and buying a new mattress. I can't tell you how many people just personally in my own life were saying, oh yeah, I bought a mattress or I got rid of my mattress. So I think we, we kind of were in that home improvement, um, uh, well, the home improvement that was happening during the pandemic when people were, you know, quarantined and sheltering in place. So, um, so it's been, it's not what we expected, but we've been able to maintain our volume We've been able to maintain our revenue and, you know, everybody's done pretty well. So Dr. V, you are a user of door counts, but let's talk about how door counts 
links up foot traffic coming in your store with selling process and follow-up? Well, years ago, I read a book by John Lohan, uh, and I love the way, and one of his big taglines was, um, you can't improve it unless you can measure it. And that in and of itself is just such a great concept. Now it's obvious, uh, but you need to have the benchmark. So one of the reasons why we chose to go with door counts was to get a really good accurate measurement of our foot traffic when they come in. Um, and so that was the big thing initially with it. We found it to be a so much greater value than that because our salespeople use it to be able to capture the information for our guests when they come through the doors. We actually get a photograph of them. It comes right up on the door counts. We know exactly which salesperson's gonna be assigned to which guest when they come in. You know, one of the biggest complaints you sometimes get is a guest that goes, you know, I came into your store, I walked around for 30 minutes and no one ever approached me. Well, we don't deal with that anymore because with door counts, we're able to capture their picture, comes right up on the laptop. We know which salesperson has been assigned to who, uh, therefore we don't lose them uh, in that sense. We're also able to capture their information. We're also able to email them back if we know we've got a particular promotion coming up. It tracks our close ratio. Once again, if we can track it, we can improve it. We are on the show today with Justine Fallon, Director of Operations for the Mattress Recycling Council, the MRC. Great information today, Justine, truly. And I just want to ground us in what's happening on the day-to-day -day level. 50,000 mattresses a day are discarded in the US. Let's put that in context. If you stack them up on top, top of each other, and then you hike to the top of Mount Everest, and then you look four miles further into the air, that's the top of that stack of mattresses. If you were gonna fill up Olympic-sized swimming pools, uh, 61,500 cubic yards, which is 18 Olympic-sized swimming pools. When you look at these numbers and you think about the environmental impact and you think about what we can do as an industry, how important is it for mattress producers to start building mattresses differently, making it easier to deconstruct? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. Um, and I, I, I think that we are, you know, we're working closely with the industry. One of the things that we just launched is the sleep product sustainability program in California, where we work with California based mattress uh, manufacturers who work at their facilities for a certification um, that we help them create systems to reduce waste, to reduce water consumption, to reduce energy, and just become more sustainable in their facility. Um, and then you know, they can get our sleep product sustainability um, program certification uh, for that facility. We're also working on um, circularity. We have a partnership with Covestro, and Covestro is a chemical company that makes the chemical for the polyurethane foam. Um, so they're really interested in working with us on trying to expand markets um, so that our recyclers always have, um, have diverse markets to sell their foam to. So that's one of the things that we, we heavily invest in research to, um, to diversify those end markets for recyclers. The other thing that we're going to be working on in 2021, which I'm really excited about, is a, a design for recycling forum. And that's going to bring together everybody in the value chain. So it will bring um, mattress recyclers, 
end markets, mattress manufacturers, suppliers. Um, and we feel like at the Mattress Recycling Council, we're really in a position to be able to bring everybody together to start talking about how to make more sustainable products, how to make products that are easier to recycle, like you said. So, um, and we've gotten a lot of interest from, um, from everybody across the spectrum in participating in that. I think it's just something everybody's really interested in. I think it's something we're talking about nationwide and you know what we're gonna do for the planet. And I think this is one of the ways that MRC can really make a big impact. Looking, I'm gonna pull this up on my screen. 75% of a mattress at least can be recycled and turned into new products. And you know, I think about the industry and where the e-commerce um, style products have have positioned the replacement cycle. And so the replacement cycle seems to be shortening. Um, a lot of people in the mattress industry for years and years were hoping that people would stop keeping their mattress for 20 years and replace an eight, like mattress firm used to say. Well, with some of the lower end commodity products that are sold primarily online, roll packed, um, they're made very cheaply and people don't keep them very long. And so you, I think the volume of mattresses, you know, like we said, 50,000 a day are going into the dump. Um, and we need to put those, you know, back into other products and not junk up the planet. Like we have to do our part. To describe this, I've got this pulled up on screen, more than 75% of a mattress can be recycled in the new consumer and industrial products. Um, what, are, what are some of those major parts and then which, which parts can't be recycled? Oh, sure. Um, so the top um, item that gets recycled is, is the steel, um, that you'll find that in box springs and mattresses. That just goes to steel mills and gets made into new steel products. Um, so that, you know, in California, in box springs and mattresses, that makes up about 40% of what's, you know, coming out of recycling facilities. And then I would say the next thing would be the foam. Um, foam, as you mentioned a couple of times, is made into carpet padding. We are looking to try to diversify that market because if you really want to scale this up with other states, we're just going to need a lot more um, opportunities to, to recycle foam into, you know, different new and different products. Um, so uh, the Mattress Recycling Council is working on that. Um, then we have quilt top, which also goes into carpet padding. Um, so there is that market. We, um, there's cotton that we find in, um, in mattresses that is um, sold to a company that makes an insulation product. We have, um, um, we have coconut, and in California, we found some outlets to compost it. Um, those are usually older mattresses, and so we anticipate that over time, we won't really be seeing as much of that anymore. Um, and then the, probably the hardest thing for us to recycle, the thing we're having the most trouble with in terms of an end market is the shoddy pad, the Duralator pad. Um, that's already been recycled. It has a lot of recycled content and the way that it's constructed, um, it's just difficult to, to make it into something else again. There are some applications that we've seen some recyclers sell to that include like automotive insulation. Um, so there, there's very limited, um, maybe even just seasonal markets for some of that. So that one's a little bit trickier. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, it's, they're, they're simple products. I mean, there's, you know, a set number of commodities usually, and, um, and we generally are able to find markets for most things. Uh, and like you said, we're, our, we feel that 75% of the mattress can be recycled. And we're really either really close to hitting that goal in our states and um, in some of our states, we actually haven't hit that goal. 
Justine, describe what the average person, average retailer can do if they're one of the 47 states that don't have an official recycling program. Is this something like when I think about the three states that are involved that had to start somewhere, that had to lead to legislation, somebody ushered that through, somebody was a champion of it. Um, if other states want to get on board, how do, how do people get involved? How do people do something now? And even before official legislation passes, what are some steps they can take? Sure. So we have a, um, a website, buybymattress.com. And part of that website, really the cornerstone of it is our mattress recycling locator. And so we try to include mattress recyclers all around the country. So if you go in there, you can see where you're, if there's a mattress recycler near you, that's even outside of our state programs. Um, so that's one thing you can do um, is to try to look for local mattress recyclers. In terms of legislation, uh, we work with new states that are interested in, um, in adopting you know, uh, EPR legislation in their state. Um, we're talking to a handful of states at any one time. But again, it has to be passed at the state level. It has to be passed at the legislature. Um, and you know, sometimes that can, can take a little while. Um, it can move slowly, but, um, but that's really the, the mechanism for us to, be, to come in and work with states is through, um, through legislation. Well, thanks for, thanks for your time today. Thanks for helping us celebrate America Recycles Day. I, you know, I think it's a great industry. I think there is a commitment to figuring out ways to keep our products out of landfills. And I, I really love the work the MRC is, is doing in our industry and through ISPA and with you know, the support of Better Sleep Council and the whole ecosystem that, that ISPA has created. So great job to you and your team. Um, what, what did we miss? Is there anything that you, like any parting words or any final thoughts or anything that we missed that you want to talk about? Um, no, I think we covered pretty much everything. You know, I think, like I said, we're, I feel like we're doing a great job. Um, you showed some of our statistics about um, how much material we're keeping out of landfills, the 6 million mattresses that we've recycled, you know, our continuing efforts um, with illegal dumping in our states to, um, to minimize that, which is um, another really important piece of work that we do um, at MRC. But, you know, we're really excited to be participating in America Recycles Day this month. Um, we're really proud of the work that we've done, um, and we're happy to share it with, with other companies and um, other recycling organizations and hopefully be the leader in this space. Well, we did recycle Mark Quinn. Um, that means he's going to get brought back for future use in a different okay. state. Uh, so we're pretty sure he's okay, but Good. he's going to look a lot different after we find <laughs> new end markets to use him in. Okay, great. <laughs> well, tell him I said goodbye. <laughs> Thanks, Justine. It was great having okay. you on the show. Thanks a lot, Mark. Take care. You can bounce on it. Oh. What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Yeah.
disco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest. You know the game, we're ahead of the sun. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool as ice, and I'm hot like a heater. Bounce by the ounce, now we got it by the leader. Well, you take a spring and you wrap it up right. You can sleep so smooth or bounce all night. Yeah. Put two together, get a whole lot more. Get the feel of the comfort core. You can bounce on it. Lay back, you don't have to practice. The best thing to happen to your mattress. Get together to do it like I did. Everybody get Somebody to get in your vicinity You probably want to feel a little bit of a hybridity Foam alone? Out of five, maybe one star Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar Mad back support The best way to shack up or just get rest That won't mess your back up Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist Or a mullet party in the back of the business Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus The ultimate hybrid Nothing short of cheating Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of a comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, phone keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get hybrid What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl wanna chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam Cause if that bowling ball don't bounce You'll be sleeping alone And if the bed don't react Then you can't get low We got that type of bounce That won't spill your Merlot So stick with us And you'll get rewarded Cause I'm so gentle And I'm so supportive Hybrid is where the magic is And we just killed a song about mattresses Oh, <laughs>